Goals part three, <laughs> combining grit and goals. If you uh, live, you caught us uh, teaching the goals part one and part two, uh, or if you've watched the videos by now, uh, goals part one was really a 10-step process that I go through in setting goals. I usually do that about once a year. And uh, as this is being uh, recorded right now, this is November. I'm getting into my season of the year where I'm starting to look at what happened for the year, uh, what I did, what I didn't do, and what my goals for the next year are going to be. Uh, and so that 10-step process, if you want to do the same thing, it's a great thing to, to, do, to use to guide you in putting together uh, your goals. Uh, and then the second uh, part of goals, we talked about grit and Angela Duckworth and her book and your grit score and how you can become grittier or uh, how gritty you are and what all that means. We talked about that. Well, now we're combining grit and goals, or as I like to call it, are you the Unabomber? Uh, so... <laughs> Resources. Uh, I always believe in giving credit where credit is due. I, I was taught very well as a kid to do a bibliography. Uh, I, 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 this is a great book, Zero to One, uh, written by Peter Thiel. Uh, Peter is, uh, one, was one of the uh, PayPal mafia, they call themselves. It was uh, Elon Musk and Peter and all these guys that, that built PayPal and, and become, became billionaires through that process and continue becoming billionaires even more with these other companies that they're doing. Well, Peter wrote a book uh, that called Zero to One, Notes on Startups or How to Build the Future. I, it, this book may be, uh, some, of you guys, some of you guys may not be ready for this book just yet, uh, so I wouldn't just dive into it, but I do want to make sure that you're aware that uh, you know, my notes from this come from this book, uh, partially, not entirely. But uh, I realize this day and age, there's a lot of folks that don't know who the Unabomber is. They haven't even heard of the Unabomber, what that means. Uh, it's uh, it's becoming uh, a distant memory at this point, but on the uh, on on the side, the right side, is that right side, left side, depends on how you're looking at it. On that side, that's the Unabomber. Uh, I remember, you remember back in the uh, back in the days when the Unabomber was going out, and they, all these pictures would come out of him, and he looked like this. Well, nowadays he looks like a hipster. Right? <laughs> he looks like a a barista at Starbucks. Uh, but that was what he looked like back in those days. That's the Unabomber. Maybe you saw the news, or uh, maybe I'm refreshing your memory a little bit. But here's the thing: most people act as if hard things to do are also impossible things to do. Most people act as in hard equals impossible. And that's just not true. Uh, an extreme representative of this view is Ted Kaczynski, infamously known as the Unabomber. You just saw his picture a second ago. So Ted Kaczynski was a child prodigy who enrolled at Harvard at 16. Super smart guy, super smart school. Enrolled at Harvard at 16. He went on to get a PhD in math uh, and became a professor at UC Berkeley. So super intellectual, right? He's best known for his 17-year terror campaign against professors, technologists, and business people. So he had this belief, well, I think I said him say it. His brother turned, I'll say it in a second. His brother turned him in based on a 35,000-word manifesto that Kaczynski mailed to the press. So Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, wrote this 35,000-word document, right, and hand-wrote it. Uh, it came out, and his brother recognized his handwriting and turned him in after 17 years of, uh, of craziness. Kaczynski claimed that in order to be happy, every individual needs to have goals whose attainment requires effort and needs to succeed in attaining at least some of his goals. I want to go back to this bullet point a second ago. Best known for his 17-year terror campaign against professors, technologists, and business people. What Ted was trying to do, here's where his 
crazy got crazy is he was trying to, he thought, wouldn't it be nice if all the stuff that has been discovered and invented, if we just got rid of that and rediscovered and invented it again? Like he was thinking there's not new stuff, so we need to get rid of the old stuff and rediscover it. You follow the crazy? Like that doesn't make any sense, Ted, but that's, he, he didn't make any sense. He claimed that in order to be happy, every individual needs to have goals whose attainment requires effort and needs to succeed in attaining at least some of his goals. I, I, I buy that, right? I, 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 I'm okay with that. Like, I, I think to be happy, you need to be setting goals and achieving them. I think that's a big part of happiness. Uh, and, and, and I think the, who's really satisfied with a goal that doesn't require some work, right? Like it, it's, it's, I, I'm okay with that so far. He divided human goals into three groups. Number one, goals that can be satisfied with minimal effort. I have a goal of getting out of bed in the morning. Okay, it takes, requires minimal effort. You can literally fall out of bed. It doesn't take a whole lot of energy or effort. Number two, goals that can be satisfied with serious effort. And his third set of goals, goals that cannot be satisfied no matter how much effort one makes. Impossible goals. He confused hard and impossible. And my point is, we do the same thing. Kaczynski's idea was to destroy existing institutions, getting rid of all technology and let people start over and work uh, on hard problems anew. So uh, I said it a second ago, but like uh, uh, inventing the microchip. <laughs> let's, let's destroy all uh, remnants of microchips and rediscover it, which doesn't make any sense because it's in your mind that it existed already. I don't know. It, 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 he, was, he was nuts. What are you doing to avoid tackling new hard problems or goals? See, Ted reached a point where he had goals that were, in his mind, unattainable because they were hard, you know, reaching out and discovering that new technology or starting that, that new business. Maybe some of you guys are just starting here with us. And, you know, it seems like it's impossible to get on the phone call. It's impossible to meet with, with um, clients. It's impossible to go make sales. It's impossible to sell annuities and, and ask clients for that. And you're confusing impossible and hard. We, I do the same thing. We all do it. What are you doing to avoid tackling those problems though? I've seen people get their leads ready, get their phone ready. They're ready to make some dials and all of a sudden, oh, I got to use the bathroom. <laughs> and while they're on going to the bathroom, oh, I got to fold that laundry. Oh, I need to change that light bulb. Oh, I need to do. And you're just avoiding tackling those things that you feel are hard or in your mind maybe are even impossible. I'll leave you with that question. What are you doing to avoid tackling those problems? Why don't we believe that we can do the hard things? What is it in us? that makes us believe we can't do the hard things? That what is it in us that makes us believe that hard things are impossible? Well, incrementalism. From an early age, we are taught that the right way to do things is to proceed one very small step at a time, day by day, grade by grade. We, we were taught that, that you can't, you have to, what is it? You have to walk, you have to crawl before you walk. Have you ever heard that? You don't actually have to. <laughs> it's just a saying. It's not actually true. Uh, we, we saw our oldest son, he went from crawling to running. He skipped walking. Seriously. And then he started walking. But he, he went from crawling. All of a sudden, you hear the, the patter of feet running across the floor. He didn't walk. He was running. And so uh, you don't have to step by step. You know, with, the, with, with, with us and, and getting promoted, you don't have to go five points up, five points up, five points up, five points up in, in promotion. You can go from a starter commission of 55% and jump all the way up to 120% in two months if you want to. It doesn't have to be step by step by step. You, you, don't, have to, um, you don't have to ramp up 
Okay. So it's one of these thoughts that, oh, I, you know what? I'm just getting started. I kind of, I need to, I need to ramp up to making a hundred dollars a week. No, you don't. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do twenty dollars this week and then thirty dollars next week and then forty dollars next week and fifty. You could just go do a hundred dollars this week. Bam, just like that, right now. You don't have to work your way up to making a hundred thousand dollars a year. You can do it your first year. It doesn't have to be incremental. Is this making sense? So that's one reason that we believe we can't do the hard things because we see how big that thing is. So I, Heather tells a story that when we first met at 19, I told her at 19, I was going to make a million dollars in a year before I turned 30. And I don't know if she believed me or not. She's with me. <laughs> she's, she's still with me. And I did it. But it was, it seemed, that seemed like such a lofty goal. It seemed so big. And, and then it, it, just, it just happened. You know, the Alliance started in 2002 and in 2003, we made 286,000. In 2004, we made 597,000. In 2005, we made 1.2 million. That, that wasn't a 40-year climb to that. We jumped there to a million-dollar income. Does that make sense? You can do the same thing. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's going to take time. Doesn't mean you have to stair-step your way up. Number two, risk aversion. Another reason we don't do the hard things, we're scared to make mistakes. For some, the prospect of being wrong can be unbearable. I come from a, a long line of people who are right. <laughs> I didn't say white. I said right. <laughs> it's genetic in my family to be right. Like it's, it is, it's funny to watch our family sit around and argue, you know, because everybody's right. Nobody's wrong. And I, I've been working out of that as best I can for like 20 years. I've been working on this and, and I, I'm better, but I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. But the risk aversion, I, got, <laughs> I don't want to be wrong. I mean, I don't know anybody that likes being wrong. And, and, you know, we're talking about, um, Heather and I have these ideas and some of these ideas seem lofty and, 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 and dreamlike. And it's like, I don't know if we can do some of these things. Like it seems, it seems hard. And, and what are we going to risk? We, are, we, are we willing to put all the chips to the center of the table? I think once you've got some chips in your hand, now you're, you're more likely to not want to risk those chips anymore. When you had nothing, it was, it was for me, I'm speaking for me. When we had nothing, it was easier to risk it all because <laughs> we had nothing, Right. Once you get something, now it's like, oh, I don't want to lose it. That, that risk aversion starts creeping in. And I challenge you, like, it's, it's a big deal. A lot of people don't walk away from their full-time jobs and build a, a business. They don't do that because they're scared. They're scared of failing. They're scared of not being right. They're scared of going back to their loved ones and say, you were right. I shouldn't have even tried it. Right? And I think a lot of times we get that from our family saying, don't do that. Don't, don't go commission only. What are you doing? What, are you, what kind of chance are you we, we, we think that our family's being negative when they say stuff like that. In reality, they're just trying to protect us. They don't want to see us get hurt. But I tell you, 1999, when Heather and I decided to move from, from North Carolina to Dallas to build an agency, we had family that said, don't do it. You've only been selling insurance for two months. What do you know about building a business in the insurance business? We're like, we got to try. <laughs> We got to try. There's only, I mean, in my mind, the only thing I could lose was, you know, I'd have to go back home. I'd lose some pride. <laughs> We're going to let that happen. So <laughs> that's one reason. Another reason that we don't, we don't do the hard things. If you're scared of failing. You're going to fail. It's just, I mean, riding a bike could be hard and you're going to fall and skin your knees once or twice before you get the balance thing down. Don't, don't avoid the risk. Number three, complacency. <laughs> Why reach when you can rest on your past successes? I, I, I listened to a podcast of this guy. Um, 
Uh, he's a pastor in North Carolina. His name is Brian Biggers, and some of you guys probably listen to that past uh, him as well. Uh, he's he's just fantastic, and he's ta- he's he's in his sixties, and he's 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 always saying, "When I go to heaven, I want to come in with the the wheels screaming and and the dust flying. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna live until I'm not. Like I'm gonna go all out until I'm not." Now he's not saying that he doesn't take rest and all that sort of stuff, but he's gonna keep stretching and keep reaching and keep going and keep doing why because he's still living (laughs) he said i like to fish but i can't do that all the time you know i want to keep pushing and keep going forward Uh, he's somebody who could very easily be complacent um and 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 complacency doesn't well fits when i man if i if i made the money you made i'd be complacent i know people that are making thirty thousand dollars a year that are perfectly complacent They're, they're they are seriously satisfied doing that it doesn't have to be six figures that you get complacent. It can creep up anytime. It, it could be uh, right now, maybe I'm talking to you and you're a producer that's been with us a decade. And you're like, you're, you're pretty complacent with, with, with what you're doing. You're, you're pretty happy with the lifestyle you've created with the sales that you're making and two or three agents that you got. And I'm challenging you right now to do the hard thing and take a step more. Take a step more. If it's become easy for you, take a step further and make it hard again. <laughs> Push. Don't be complacent. Don't, your family deserves more. And frankly, you find so much joy in, in, in defeating challenges. And you do more than you realize. Number four, flatness. Flatness. We perceive that everyone is as competitive and capable as we are. With that assumption, we ask ourselves, if it could be done, why hasn't someone else done it? This year, we hit the uh, senior board member level. Uh, the first ones in the alliance to do it. Not the last ones, but the first ones. And that was something I said on stage. We just ran the four-minute mile. And, and, and when Roger Bannister ran the four-minute mile for the first time, people thought that his lungs were going to explode if he ran the four-minute mile. Now we got guys doing whole marathons in less than two hours. It blows my 26 miles in less than two hours. He did it one mile for four minutes. And after that, the next year, there were like 300 people that hit the four-minute mile in the next 12 months after he did it that one time. Crazy. So a lot of people, though, won't stretch, won't reach, won't do the hard thing because they're convinced if it's doable, somebody would have already done it by now. I know people that sit on great business ideas and think, man, if, it was, if that was a, a legit business idea, somebody would have already done it by now. Um, it, nobody in the alliance that I'm aware of has ever written $5 million in annuities. Well, if it could be done in what we're doing, somebody would have already done it by now. Well, people have done it, <laughs> right? I remember... Um, Melanie and Chadwick Ray uh, are, are, are friends of ours. And um, they, I remember Melanie coming to me one time saying, hey, Fitz, everybody on the stage that's in the top 10 with the company, they all look like you. None of them look like me. Why is that? I said, because you haven't done it yet. <laughs> you haven't done it yet. At some point, you break through, and now it's normal for people who look like you to be in the top 10. Does that make sense? Like, you, you've got to push through. Just because somebody else hasn't done it doesn't mean it's not doable. It just means that nobody's done it yet. There was no paperclip, and then there was, right? But how did people hold stuff together before paperclips and staples? I don't know. But somebody came up with a solution for it, and it's now done. Flatness. We perceive that everyone is as competitive and capable as we are. That's, that gets me too. It gets me too. If, somebody could do, if it could be done, I've always said, if one person can do it, I believe I can do it. Well, sometimes you are that one person. Sometimes you are that one person. You got to step out and do it. Nobody in my family's ever made a million dollars. Oh, step out and you go do that. Now, you, now nobody in your family can say that again. <laughs> You've just broken that. Okay. 
If you think something hard is impossible, you'll never even start trying to achieve it. We saw that with Ted Kaczynski. He saw the hard as impossible, and his response was to blow up professors and technology and businesses so, so, that, so that he could do those things again that were already, had already been done. So stop it. Just stop it. Stop thinking like that. Stop thinking hard is impossible. Quit it. Like it's, it's defeating you. And it's a simple solution just to stop thinking that way. Got a little video I want to show you uh, to wrap this up. Uh, one of my favorite videos. Uh, if you ever hear us talking about just stop it, um, it's, it's from this video. It's a good video, and uh, I'll leave you with this. Hope this has helped. Uh, Dr. Switzer? Uh, yes, C come in. I'm just, just washing my hands. Uh, I'm Catherine Bigman. Janet Carlisle referred me. Oh, yes. You uh, are being buried alive in a box. Yes. Yes, that's me. <laughs> Should I lay down? Oh, no, no, no. We don't, we don't do that anymore. Just, just have a seat. And uh, let, let me uh, tell you a, a bit about our, our billing. I, um, I charge $5 for the, for the first five minutes. And, and then absolutely nothing after that. How, how, how does that sound? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Too good to be true, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, I can I can almost guarantee you that that our session won't last the full uh, the full five minutes. Now, um, <laughs> we don't do any insurance billing, so you would either have to pay in in cash or by check. <clears throat> wow. Okay. And uh, and I I don't make change. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and go. <laughs> go. Well, tell what? me, tell me about the problem that you wish to address. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. <laughs> I just, I start thinking about being buried alive, and I begin to panic. Has, has, has anyone ever, ever tried to, to bury you alive in a box? No. No, but truly thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean, I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. So what, what you're saying is you're, uh, you're claustrophobic. Uh, yes. Yes, that's it. All right. Well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm... Uh, I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in, into your life. Well, shall I uh, write them down? Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most, we find most people can, uh, can remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, here, here they are. Stop it! Stop it? Yes. S-T-O-P, new word, I-T. So, what are you saying? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I, I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop it. So, I should just stop it. There you go. I mean, you... you, you 
you don't want to go through life being scared of being buried alive in a box, do you? I mean, that sounds, sounds frightening. <laughs> yes. Then stop it! I can't. I mean, it's been with me no, since no, no, childhood. No, no, no. No, we, 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 we don't go there. Just, just stop. <laughs> so I should just stop being afraid of being buried alive in a box. You got it. Good go. Well, it's only been... It's only been three minutes, so that will be um, uh, three dollars. Well, I, I only have a five, so. Well, I, I don't, I don't make change. Then I, I guess I'll take the full five minutes. Fine. All right. Well, what other uh, problems would you would you like to address? <clears throat> Whew, uh, I'm bulimic. I stick my fingers down my throat. Stop it. <laughs> some kind don't don't do that but i'm i'm compelled to my mom used to call me no Daddy. no 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 we did we don't go there but i've been having this dream no we don't go there either but my horoscope did say we definitely don't go there just <laughs> just stop it what 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 else well i have self-destructive relationships with men stop it <laughs> You, you want to be with a man, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yes. Well, then stop it. <laughs> don't be such a big baby. I wash my hands a lot. That's all right. It is? I, I wash my hands all the time. There's a lot of germs out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't worry about that one. I'm afraid to drive. Well, stop it! <laughs> How are you going to get around? Get in the car and drive, you, you kook. Stop it! You stop it! You stop it! What's, what's the problem, Kathy? I don't like this. I don't like this therapy at all. You're just telling me to stop it. And, and, you, and you, don't, you don't like that? No, I don't. So you think we're... We're moving too fast, is that it? Yes. Yes, I do. All right, then let me, uh, let me uh, give you ten words that I, I think will uh, clear everything up for you. Uh, you, want, you want to get a pad and a pencil for this one? All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, here are the ten words. Stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box! Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with the Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.